Welcome to Season 8 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership learning. Passionate about leadership education? You want to expand your resource toolbox with practical teaching, learning, and program design strategies? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I'm Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. And this officially marks the end of our eighth season of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Uh, That's the, I feel like that season blew by. What do you, how do you feel? It did. Yeah, this, uh, this, this spring was, was, yeah, it was quite the whirlwind of a semester. So, but here we definitely, are. <laughs> definitely, right? Oh, here, here we are is my favorite uh, phrase, and it works in parenting and professor life, uh, for sure. Let's um, do some sense making. <laughs> <laughs> this season, um, you've been under a rock and have not been listening, and this is the first episode that you decided to listen to. I will share that we spent season eight discussing research and scholarship in the field with people who were committed to growing the body of leadership on leadership education and some related areas. I think we did a pretty good job of answering our central question, where can leadership educators go for research? And I know we both learned a great deal in the process, which is some of what we'll share in our episode today. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting because I learned a ton from each of our guests and also found some opportunities to uh, for dialogue and to contribute some of my own experiences as I think about being on the, the tenure track in the last 10 years of my career. And I guess maybe to tack onto that, being a doctoral student, I know that you share that as well, Lauren, but being able to also think about editorial roles that I've had with, uh, whether it be peer-reviewed journals or invited pieces like the New Directions for for student leadership. And you know, we were just so lucky to have all those folks on from journal management education, management teaching review, journal of leadership education, the journal of campus activities and practice. You know, just to name a few. And there were plenty of folks that we just would love to have on, but didn't have the time and the space and the and the season, um, but you know, to be able to to chat with with those folks, but also talk about some of the you know mentor mentee relationships and putting together a research agenda, which even kind of had some connections to our theme from last fall. If you haven't checked that out, that was all about mentoring and mentor relationships in leadership education. And um, yeah, I, sometimes it's it was odd uh, as folks were sharing things to to pull from experiences that that I'd had that maybe I hadn't quite reflected on in the same way, or as I heard folks sharing things, it was just a really, really, really fantastic conversations and, and great to get some of their voices out to our listeners. And, you know, I love that our theme is always continuing conversations. And so I agree with you, you, you know, some of these things, but hearing someone else's perspective can, can change uh, the way you think about it in some cases. Um, I was surprised by the heavy focus on people and not publication or production. Um, I know for me, I, I 
I kind of believe this myth or felt like there was this invisible wall in terms of, of researching and, and producing scholarship, um, but it was dismantled in almost every episode and not just in words, but with examples of, of programs in place, whether it was at the conference or virtually. Um, there are just so many ways that the leaders of publications were trying to find people to contribute to the voice, to, to the, the publication, as well as bring different voices. One of the things that was just not heartwarming, but just the creativity that some folks shared in the ways in which they they got new voices. Um, I believe it was um, the editors from JME who talked about how you know they would have these research roundtables at their conference, and and it was kind of anybody who wanted to attend could come in, and and their focus was really to get the right people together so that they could produce um, scholarship. And and even related to that, they talked about the different types of scholarship. But one of the things I pride myself on is I'm. I'm a professor of instruction, and so I get paid for teaching and for service, and they look at and scrutinize my student evals, my peer evaluations, how much I'm going to CAT training. And so it was nice to hear that in these publications, they weren't just offering ideas, but they were also you know, almost demanding that you had some kind of research process to or assessment process in place to ensure that um, you were able to measure the learning or the effectiveness or, or even kind of just your process, which I appreciated. I, I, I share my, my office with a, a great colleague, Steve Ryan, and I would turn around and be like, Steve, blah, 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 you know, and share some of the things that they were sharing with us. And so I, I appreciated uh, that for sure in this space. Yeah, I think too, it was, really, really, I don't know, the first word that jumped in my head was heartwarming <laughs> to, <laughs> um, to to connect with some of the journal editors and, and uh, you know, teams, whether they were the chief editor or associate editor or what have you, and to learn, hey, they're just people too, right? <laughs> and how generous they want to be with their time and and that they really are trying to create communities of practice within each of those disciplinary Areas, uh, whether it be we talked to, you know, Carrie Ann Crown and Gordon Schmidt from Management Teaching Review, and then uh, Jennifer Lee and Melanie Robinson from Journal Management Ed, and their major association is that Management Organizational Behavior Teaching Society. And while those folks are mostly in organizational behavior and management business schools, they are looking to model, you know, similar behavior that we saw from our folks that were in more of the leadership focused journals with with respect to like you said, having these symposiums or forums or roundtables and really putting themselves out there to be helpful, particularly to folks that have never published before, but for those that have, making sure that they're part of the review process and that they're able to volunteer their time. And I think every single editor team we had on said, please, please, we would love to have a review for our journal. Um, and also don't be a stranger and don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, uh, I'm working on, I'm thinking of this manuscript with my colleague or my grad student or what have you, is this appropriate for this journal and, and starting a conversation? And I think too, when we had Nathan Eva on, he was talking a little bit about some of the correspondence that he would have with editorial teams. And I remember when he shared that with our graduate students, when he was visiting Portland, Maine during his Fulbright, I had not, I guess, understood the level of depth that these editorial teams were willing to go in correspondence with the authors, um, even during the review process. I thought, oh gosh, that's that's hands off. You know, you would only correspond directly with the editorial team and not with the reviewers, but there were some pieces of that that were dismantled a little bit that was really, really, really helpful to, to understand. And 
yeah, I just think it was really great to see some of these, uh, I guess, kind of say these invisible walls or these myths be kind of thrown out with the with the bathwater as we. <laughs> it's a community, right? And and not to be terrified of <laughs> interacting with these folks and to take the time to reach out to them or introduce yourselves at conferences and anytime you get a chance to interact with some of these folks because they want their journals to be outstanding and it's a win-win, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so interesting you say that because, you know, I always talk about how we hope that our leaders are modeling the content that they mm-hmm. are out there preaching. And it, it felt like the the editors especially were trying to maintain the mission and the values of the journal, but looking at what they needed to adapt to and change based on how um, leadership education and ultimately our students are changing. And I know higher ed gets a rap for not changing, especially the bricks and brick and mortar, especially when you get to like research institutions. But it just felt like there was this healthy balance of how do we preserve our niche or our our journal's focus, as well as um, adapt to the, the changing body of leadership educators all talked about this idea of kind of bridging that scholarship practitioner piece, which when I was a practitioner, I didn't feel as strongly as I do feel now. Meaning there's some publications where like, oh yeah, I know that person is not in a, they're not teaching, they're in a leading a student leadership office or student activities office role, and they've got, you know, those bylines. So that was important. I also feel like they all hinted on this interdisciplinary theme. We see that in the, the research agenda priorities, but they also talked about how, especially like JME and MTR, they wanted folks to come over and leadership education folks to come over and be in that space. And so it's, a beautiful thing to see that we're able to take from other places, other disciplines, and continue to build build our scholarship. Yeah, I guess there's just always been a struggle to hear from more diverse voices. You know, you think about, and, and Nathan shared a little bit with us, when you think of some of these publications, Leadership Quarterly or Academy of Management, and, and I'm not discounting the contributions that those journals make to the field because they're fantastic, uh, but there's some of these lists like the, uh, you know, the Australian Business Dean's Council list of publications and the A's and the B journals. And for some folks trying to, to, to earn tenure at their universities, it's, you know, they're just tasked with having to try and publish to some of these journals. And then you, you know, you have some folks that whether they have appointments like yours, Lauren, where the research is, you know, it's a value add, but it's not a it's not an expectation. I mean, similarly, at my university, publications are required, but grant writing is one of those things where if you do it, great, but you're not going to not get tenure if you don't bring in a certain amount of external funding or or something like that. And so one of the things to, to point out, you know, Dave Rush and uh, uh, Danielle uh, Sowal from the Journal of Campus Activities and Practice, they were talking a lot about having online and, and uh, other symposia or forums to, again, get folks together writing about different topics and really trying to support that. And then when we had Kathy and uh, Guthrie and Visha New on talking about new directions for student leadership, both with V and then for V, uh, obviously Susan Kamavez was the um, the chief editor before Kathy took over. And that's one of the things I've always admired about that particular publication, uh, the new directions for student leadership is the ability, or I guess what they were modeling and really, really pushing their editorial teams to do was to find and amplify voices of folks that had not had opportunities 
to contribute or didn't know that they had an opportunity to contribute. You know, whether, you know, if you're in a student affairs practitioner role or, or maybe you're in, you know, 4-H or extension education or, you know, not, not somewhere where you, again, necessarily need to publish, but we know that there are outstanding program coordinators and directors and, and other roles that are doing great work and graduate students. And oftentimes we only hear about this stuff in passing and there's no reason why we can't say, hey, you should publish that. Hey, have you thought about publishing that, right? Or or submitting it to one of these conferences. You know, we mentioned the Management and Organizational Behavior Teaching Society, but we've also got, we had the folks from Association of Leadership Educators, um, Lindsay Hastings and Hannah Sunderman coming in and talking about the uh, Leadership Education Scholarship Focus Area Network, their fan networks over there, and some of the mentor-mentee things that they've done, but also some of the forums and workshops and roundtables that they've hosted at the conference. And then most recently, we had Lori Niffen and Rich Whitney talk about the um, ILA Leadership Scholarship member community and all the things they're doing to elevate, in particular, graduate students uh, with the Emerging Scholars Research Symposium, but also some of the other workshops and and uh, ways that they're bringing different scholars together and networking opportunities. I, I mean, these these things exist. And I guess it's like, hey, don't don't be scared to <laughs> to jump into the deep end of the pool because uh, other folks are they're going to make sure you don't drown, right? <laughs> Definitely, there were a few people that you mentioned, like Hannah um, and 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 Nathan, who connected the dots in terms of the research agenda, and mm-hmm. even to some extent, Lori, where she talked about you know presenting at, at a doctoral con- not the doctoral consortium, but she talked about presenting at ILA, mm-hmm. and then the next year building on that research in the Emerging Scholars Program, and how it was it was. It was great for where she was because she had moved into this uh, tenure track position, I think, where she had to, to start her scholarship. And it was kind of this seamless program that ILA offered. So you're right. There were some gems in there, definitely, if you were uh, a doctoral student or a newer scholar, as well as those that are are maybe seasoned veterans who have a lot of experience in student affairs on the practitioner side. Like the, there's value in, in that perspective as well. Um, one of the things that I also think about too is when we, you and I've had some conversations with leaders who uh, started the field of leadership education, and it reminds me of how, how they got the field started. They wanted to talk in person about their ideas, right. so they would talk in person, and then they would print out everything they shared and and mail it out to everybody. So, so I think while we we see it today in a very different way, you know, technology has changed that, that practice is still the same, getting together in spaces, having conversations, and then building those conversations out. So I think that's super important to mention. Yeah. And I think that brings us to kind of previewing what's coming up as we look at, at the summer and really diving into, um, and we've, we've talked to some folks in there. We had a, an episode almost two years ago uh, around the National Leadership Education Research Agenda with Tony Andonoro and Kristen Salenti Skendal. And, you know, that is another great place to look for ideas and ways to contribute to all these journals and all these conferences is there's nine priorities. And it's all about, if you're looking for something t- to research, it, it is basically one big uh, suggestions for future research section of a of a dissertation or a thesis or, or a well-written journal or article. And w- what else can you say about what's to come with that series? 
you know, typically in our outro episode, we talk about next season or the summer. And, and typically in the summer, it's kind of, it's a grab bag, just meaning whatever we couldn't fit into a theme, whatever notes or ideas that we had in conversation, you know, we take the summer, one, we both take the summer pseudo off, just meaning that we're not recording regularly, although Dan and I still meet pretty regularly. Um, we're just instead kind of doing what we feel. But midway through this season, after talking to uh, Tony and Christanne for the research agenda, you know, I was kind of like, what if we interviewed everybody? You know, what if we got all nine priorities? And so we start putting it out there to the lead authors and supporting authors in that space. And we were able to get everybody signed up for a slot. So it'll be nice to not just hear from the editors of the um, research agenda, but also dig into each priority. Um, and I think that it, it, those conversations are great. In those conversations, we're hearing future studies. So if you're looking for something or if you're interested in a topic, those that we're talking to, they, they start with kind of the genesis of the idea, but then they move into where else we can go with this research. And so, like you said, it's a great idea for anybody looking to either tie their existing research agenda to the call for uh, leadership research. Um, it's also a great idea if you don't know where to start. Like I almost wish somebody had handed me the research agenda as I was trying to figure out what I was interested in. About halfway through my program, I switched jobs and my my advisor at the time said, you know, well, are, are you going to continue in this line of research? And I was like, no. She's like, are you going to go back to work in that space? I was like, I don't think so. In student affairs, you don't have summers off. In, in teaching, you, can, you get summers off where I am. So I don't know that I'm going back. And so when I was I was searching, some of what I was interested in was just natural and what I was curious about. But I feel like the research agenda gives you a really good overview of what's needed right now in our field. And so um, I'm excited that over the summer, we're going to release episodes focused on each priority, starting with priority number one. Um, and again, each episode is different just because the author teams and author personalities are different. The, the topic is different, um, but there are some themes that emerge, definitely interdisciplinary, definitely a focus on students and faculty and practitioners. And so, so it should be interesting for our guests who for them to listen. Um, I imagine we'll still drop in a couple of random episodes maybe later in the summer. Um, however, um, it's nice that we're able to take a really deep dive into the priorities of the research agenda this summer. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to those conversations. The The priorities are very distinct and uh, it, it, we've already recorded a, a couple of those and met with those editors and the conversations have just been amazing. And there's all kinds of stuff to share. And we, uh, as we just can't help ourselves to extend uh, the focus on research <laughs> through um, this particular <laughs> season and this little mini series season that we're going to put out, we may swing the pendulum in the complete other direction uh, for our, uh, our season in the fall, but I will keep you all on the edges of your seats. Well, thank you, Dan. That wraps up our season outro episode. We look forward to hearing y'all. Thank you again for staying with us and supporting us for another season and hope that you have wonderful summers. Do you connect with leadership educators virtually? Please follow us on social media. Search the Leadership Educator Podcast on LinkedIn to find our page. And find us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod for episode release information, show notes, and upcoming events. You can connect with me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss 
Laura JB. You can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. We also encourage you to please subscribe at theleadershipeducator.com and rate us five stars as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matt White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies at the University of South Carolina. Check him out at mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience. And finally, we are grateful for the support of two professional associations that are destinations for leadership educators, the Association of Leadership Educators and the International Leadership Association. ALE, which funded the start of the podcast, continues to promote our mission of continuing conversations with leadership professionals. Check out all that ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. The global reach of the ILA has helped us to expand our listenership beyond our original borders. Check out the ILA's programs and resources at ilaglobalnetwork.org.